Welcome to the podcast, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, where we will discuss the latest and most relevant business strategies to help you do one thing extremely well, sell more homes. We'll discuss everything from business planning to lead generation and conversion to past client customer service and everything in between. Join us for authentic conversations and nuts and bolts takeaways you can implement into your business today. And now, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is another beautiful day and another episode of Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook. As always, we have Mr. Kelly Cook with us. Kelly, how are you doing today? I know what you're going to say, so I don't need to ask. You already know. You already know. I'm doing great. great. (laughs) Well, we know how Kelly's doing. He's doing it every day, but we have somebody else here with us today, and this is uh, Raul Bolufe. And I got it right. All right. Perfect. I practiced before we started and he's with Capital Rise Investments down in Miami, Florida. And today it's selling real estate with Kelly Cook, but it's also a little bit of uh, investing with Raul. So Raul, how are you doing today? Thank you for asking. I wasn't I wasn't uh, aware if that question was coming to me, but I'm doing great. (laughs) We got to know. We have to know. We 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 have a motto here or like a a mindset that that you choose how you're doing. So we're always hoping that, you know, our guests are also choosing to be having a great day and making it a great day. Right. So I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you chose that you woke up and chose, chose uh, not violence today. Woke up and chose happiness. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard anybody say this. So uh, today, we, like I said, we've got Raul with us, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about um, investing from, uh, you know, I know that we talk a lot about agents and how you guys can kind of get started in investing um, and creating partnerships with investors. Now, let's hear a little bit on the side of somebody who's actually in the weeds on on the other side of transactions, um, kind of going through and finding deals, how to maximize um, leads that you're getting and all of that. So... Let's get into it. Kelly, yeah. what's your first question? I know you got one for him. Oh, I have so many questions, guys. I have so many questions. And I like when you guys uh, actually, you know, text or email us too of, of, some, of uh, some topics you want to hear. And I know that you guys want to hear about investing some more too. And you guys know it's passionate to my heart too. I love the fact that I think everybody should be, that's in the real estate, um, you know, business looking to help buyers and sellers should, should primarily, I mean, not primarily, but at some point flip it and be primarily looking to be the principal in a transaction, right? And not just always look to representation. If it's in the best interest of somebody you have a signed agreement for, that's a whole different story. But if not, you're in the forefront, the tip of the spear of the lead or whatever, right? What could you do with some partners that maybe you have some tools in your tool belt to be the principal of the transaction and have that asset be yours, right? And so I'm really excited about this. You guys know I talk about it a lot. So um, with Raul on here, we're going to get uh, into the weeds here a little bit, hopefully on a couple of things. Um, so Raul, man, so I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. And, and I know you, uh, you have a nationwide business here out of Miami, you know, with wholesaling, flip, picks and flips, uh, just really anything that has to do with, you know, real estate and, and making some money off of it. So um, with, without further ado, what's your background, though? How did you get to where you are today? And then we'll jump into the weeds on that. Oh, man. So um, going way back. So uh, way back, like <laughs> seven, eight years. I feel like older. But I was actually, I started in the car business, had a family dealer that was actually thriving. And um, since I was younger, I kind of started working there. And that was my path was like, learn the business, manage it, own it, that type of stuff. And there was just one problem. I hated every moment of being there. I learned a lot. 
I learned a lot of lessons selling cars. I learned a lot of stuff, but I did realize that it just wasn't for me and nothing knocking off, knocking the business or the family, you know, my family that had it, but it just wasn't for me. And, but I did know that there was one thing that, that I caught from being there. And it was that the people that were buying the fancy cars had owned real estate, flipped real estate or sold real estate. Mm. I just, I just, it just, I would kept seeing it on and everything. People coming in at 2 p.m. buying a Mercedes and stuff like every time I'd fill out their credit application, they, so they own real estate or something. I'm like, okay, so there's something here. So, um, you know, just one day I just, I Googled, you know, how to buy real estate, no money. And um, <laughs> I went down that rabbit hole, right? I, I'm sure a lot of us here gone and, and I went down that rabbit hole and that's how I found wholesaling. I found podcasts and YouTube channels about wholesaling and, and um, I was so young and naive that I just did it. I did exactly what the people were telling me. And after a couple of months, I got my first deal. Um, and then I figured, okay, if I could do it once, I could do it more. And I quit and I just went full force into this thing. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so very entrepreneurial, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Okay, so you had your first deal done and you looked up and said, okay, now I assume how can I, at some point, how can I scale this, right? How can I do this at a, at a bigger level? But you, but you didn't know, you said you Googled how to buy real estate without any money, any money down. Um, that is possible to do, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, can you, can you describe that, that example for us? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> typically when you see those ads, it's primarily, they're talking about wholesaling real estate. There's a couple of different avenues you can do. And I back up a quick second and explain what wholesale is, but um, basically wholesaling is the business of finding a property that needs work or that is distressed homeowner or distressed seller. It's finding a property that needs that, making an offer in cash, putting it under contract as if you are the cash buyer. You don't need a license to be a cash buyer, by the way. You, you do it as a cash buyer and then sell it for a profit using an assignment of contract and things like that. It's, it's essentially like a pawn shop. You're, you're finding the motivated seller who needs uh, who needs some cash quick. <laughs> and um, yeah, just like I, I talk about, there's a casino here in uh, Fort Lauderdale and I'm like, man, this, this is a pawn shop in front of that casino that must print money. I can just imagine the people that walk in there and, and they have like a $10,000 Rolex and get like a thousand bucks. But so similarly, there's people that want to do this with their properties and it's the strangest thing. And to this day, I still don't understand it, but it works. And um, that is what wholesaling is. And, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can capitalize on it, but when you see no money down, no, that is what it is. It's really just finding that, doing that skill. And then there's other ways that you can use lenders or private money to buy, like physically buy these assets without cash. Um, but that in hindsight is the, the no money down transaction. Find a seller, put it under contract for profit. Okay, so right, so right now you have some people probably thinking, wow, um, I wonder, let me ask you a question. I would say two questions here pretty quick here, but what's the average, would you say the average, um, assignment fee or wholesaling fee is that you're going to earn on your typical transaction you wholesale? So I'll say two ways because since you have a lot of agents uh, listening. So currently <laughs> for our, um, for our, for this year, it's $24,000 assignment fee per deal. Okay. Um, but to put it in perspective for an agent, we make about 12 to 14% on the purchase price. Mm. So if the property is worth 200,000, our average fee is 24,000 to 29,000 or whatever that math is. Okay. So right there, there's some agents going, okay, hold on here. That might be bigger than what I'm, I'm getting and earning on, on a deal that, that I'm doing. Right. So yeah. um, 
how do I do this? If I wanted to maybe not, maybe not jump in full time on this, maybe I'd like the, the helping people buy and sell. Um, yeah. But I want to know a little bit more. So you, I know you have something you call a hybrid model, right? Where agents kind of optimize um, leads they already have, right? Being a tip of the spear to maybe be able to do wholesaling or maybe do it here or there, whatever, right? Um, to get more out of just the leads that they're looking to talk to somebody about, you know, hey, I can help you sell your house or whatever it is, right? So can you talk to us about that a little bit? Um, some of the, maybe the marketing techniques that go with that? Yeah, so um, when it comes to that model, it's typically most agents or most real estate investors, they're doing something to generate leads. Uh, most agents might do cold calling, um, there's texting going on, direct mail, door knocking, all these types of things are ways to generate leads. So if you're an agent and you're generating these people that want to sell or want to buy, um, there's things you could do with them. We're just going to discard the want to buy people. Only We're going to only talk about sellers because this is where the, the magic comes in. So on the sellers that you already have in your CRM, in your spreadsheet, in your pipeline, in your yellow pad and paper, <clears throat> you can look at these leads and sometimes you'll go on appointments and you'll see the house and it needs a lot of work and they still want to list it. Maybe you do want to represent them, but I would challenge you as an agent to look at it when the property needs a lot of work and the, the seller's a little bit more stressed out with the property, they're a little bit more motivated than usual. I would challenge you to put on a different thinking cap on, like Blue's Clues or whatever, thinking cap on, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and really think about it as if you're an investor, what if you, maybe you don't have the money, it's fine, but what if you did have the $200,000 to buy this property? What would you do to it? How much profit would you make? Isn't the seller going to list it with you to get cash in their pocket anyways? What if you were to make them an offer instead of make them a listing presentation? What if you were to make them a cash offer and just skip the listing, skip the picture, skip the showing on the MLS, skip them having to put away their dogs every time you get a showing in there? What if you had to skip the sign in the yard? What if you could skip all that for yourself and for the seller and just make them a cash offer? Yes, it's going to be lower than market value. Yes. Be, you know, truth behold, if you do sell it on the market to an investor, it's probably going to be lower than market value anyways. Might as well you get a piece of the action. So I know you have to disclose this in some states, and I would say disclose it all the time. But the way that uh, we look at it is when you get these leads and you go to this appointment and you see that this house has potential for a flipper, you can put yourself in that mindset, even if you don't have the money. We can go to the next steps if you want, but this is like the way I would think about it. This is the mindset behind it because you don't have to change your marketing strategy at all. Whatever you're doing that's working, the, the bandit signs, the Google ads, the Craigslist ad, whatever, keep that the same, but just now look at this with two different hats. You got your listing agent hat, and then you also have your fix and flipper wholesaler hat. But, you know, gotcha. Almost like, almost like you're the, the center of the, uh, of the different spokes in a wheel. You're the hub, right? Of that wheel. And you have different things you can do or offer that seller, right? For solutions. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So now you're in that seller's uh, living room and you put the hat on and you go, holy cow, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a cash, make this guy a cash offer. And you do, and it's lower, right? And you disclose it. You say, look, you know, because if you value convenience more than, than, um, than money, um, here you go. And they go, uh, and you verbally tell them, hey, you know, say the house is worth whatever, you know, 350 and you make an offer for 280. And they go, yeah, I, I think I'd probably do that. Half the audience right now is going, holy crap, now what, I, what would I do? <laughs> so now, what would be the next step? Well, if it's in Arizona, you call Kelly and just blow up his phone until he answers. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Elizabeth, I can't remember where you were from exactly, but I know it wasn't Omaha, Arizona. Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska, somewhere cold. Okay. So <laughs> yes. <if you're> Omaha, <laughs> you 
Um, yeah, so once you get under contract, most agents are really smart with contracts because you have to learn this stuff. So in a very simple perspective, you you put yourself as the buyer. If you don't have an LLC, it's fine. Just put your name, you know, put the seller's name. And the key is that you put an inspection period that's probably longer than 10 days or more. Mm. That's how we show our agents or our um, acquisitions agents how to do it. Put an inspection period that's 10 days or more. And um, so you can give yourself that cushion to really do due diligence. I mean, inspection period is was intended for actual due diligence. Yes, are there people kind of like toying around with it in this market or whatever? Yes, but its actual intention is to do that. So you put an inspection period and maybe put a lower escrow deposit, $1,000. Our average escrow deposit is $250 on our contract. So um, wow. yeah, you put 250 bucks escrow, a thousand, whatever you're comfortable with. And then you just have these 10 days to do due diligence and either find a cash buyer, which we could talk about, or find a partner, a money partner, hard, find a hard money lender that's willing to lend you the money, find someone that's willing to either put the money if you don't have it or buy it off of you if you don't have it. And I mean, you know, in this market, if you get a smoking hot deal, I mean, two text messages away and you probably sell that, that you know, that deal. So, okay. So now if you get, you get a 12 day inspection period and you get down to the 11th day, whatever, you can always, I guess, if you don't have anybody, you can always back out and tell the seller, sorry, I, I, I just can't buy the house for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, it's not the intention of doing that. And um, we don't like to get houses under contract to back out, but right. that is there to kind of protect you for your diligence. And um, so worst case scenario, if you have, let's say a 10 day inspection period or 12, like you said, on the 11th day, you send an email, a written email to the seller and say, Hey, my mistake, I messed up here. I'm sorry. I wasted your time. I'm at this price. I cannot go through with the property. Gotcha. And you can get your money back and and because the contract allows for that and the seller agreed to that up front and, and the way everyone goes, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's- Well, then sucks. hopefully you put it back on the market for that and then you can list it yeah. and get more money. Yes, if you're an agent. Yes, if yeah. you're an agent. Correct. This is what yeah, I was talking about, optimizing the lead, right? Yeah. Then you say, hey, look, I wasn't able to do it at this investment price. The quotes came back too high, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I have a better solution for you. I just realized that I could actually list this on the market and there's a huge demand for your house at this price. And so I will probably net you the same or more money than we agreed upon. But it's going to take you a little bit longer from a listing, you know. Are you open to that, Mr. Stubbing? So in theory, the light bulb goes on here. In theory, you know, agents could go, hold on here. If there's programs out there I could buy, instead of buying a Google pay-per-click lead, or maybe I switch my algorithm or my um, that of how I do run my Google pay-per-click leads to look for motivated sellers somehow and only motivated sellers, right? Because if that you can't buy it as a wholesale property or cash offer, or whatever, you have you still ability to list a lot of those, a lot of those properties. And if you could, Raul, talk to me about real quick about direct mail. I know direct mail is pretty big in the wholesaling world. Do you do a lot of direct mail? And what what do you find as your what's your expectation for you know open rates and actually um, um, conversion rates? Yeah. Direct mail is a big thing in wholesale. Um, I would say it's probably not the best marketing strategy at, at this point in time in the market, but it still is something that's very viable. Um, the open rates are real low. Um, obviously, there's so many factors, the mail piece, the color, the this, the that. Mm. But overall, what we used to do was send postcards, and it would take us about 15,000 postcards until we got a contract. This is, that's the stat I remember. 
Okay. So, and about each postcard was 40 to 45 cents per postcard. So including can, postage? Including postage and everything. Because it's it's a smaller, it's a postage stamp, right? Which is cheaper. Correct. Yeah. If yep. you do postcards like a certain size under the big one, um, it comes out pretty cheap. It should be under 50 cents. And then, um, so let's take this about 15,000 of those to get a, a signed contract to buy. You know, maybe, maybe if you're an agent, you send 15,000 postcards, you get a contract to buy, maybe you get two listings out of it. You know, I don't know. It's not my world, but um, it is a viable solution. It is a viable solution for, for marketing for sure. Got it. So maybe you get a hundred people to call back and out of 185 of them are just like, you know, duds and they're all mad because they, whatever, right. Read it wrong or something. And then you have 15 and out of the 15, you get one that says, yeah, let's do this. And the other 14 are potential either short-term or long-term nurturers that maybe you just want to sell an open market, right? With a realtor. That's right. That's yeah. It. That's exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Do you have a, do you have a, um, uh, any recommendations on a mail house that you like, or, um, you know, that you would recommend for 15 for bulk mail like that, or just pretty much anything that you just, you shop around your local area? No, we have somebody, I, I can't remember the name right now. I think it's GWC print mail, but if you want, after uh, you can email me and I'll email it to you so you can put on the show links. I just okay. got to look at my email, okay. which it was. We haven't done mail in probably like the last six months. Um, we focused a lot more on Google ads got and, it. Uh, got it. and text messaging and cold calling for lead generation. Oh, okay. So cold calling and text, that stuff, that stuff works for wholesaling too. Weird, weird. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you said that, by the way, because it does work. It, 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 you got to you know, sift through a lot of rocks, but it works. So do you, do you think when the market kind of slows down a little bit more here at some point in the future that you go, you'll go back to more direct mail? Pro- possibly, possibly, yes. The, okay. what, what was challenging with direct mail is that the, it was the cost per lead and the cost per deal was getting so high um, because it was taking so many mail pieces just to hit that one person. Got it. Uh, so that's why we resorted to, to texting and calling for the cheapers, for the cheaper leads. And then Google ads, a little bit more expensive leads, but it's very, very high quality. Okay. And that data that you're getting for that you're calling or texting, are those pretty much like cash buyer lists? We're getting, so for those lists, what we do is that, let's say we want to target, um, I don't know, Tucson, Arizona. So Mm -hmm. we would, we use a website called REI Automator or propstream.com to get our lists. Yep. And so you put like Tucson, Arizona on there. We like to do a single family to fourplex list high equity, so 30% equity and above. Um, and then we use under a certain purchase price. So let's say under 400K. And then what else would we do? We put owner, uh, not owner occupied. We put um, owned by a uh, non-LLC owned. So it has Got to it. be owned by a human. Uh, we don't want to talk to flippers or companies. We want to talk to, you know, Sally that's owned the house for 42 years. Yep. And so we do that and somebody who's owned their, owned their house for seven years or more. Got it. And so from that list, then you'll just start like just texting them with a, with a text uh, software system. Correct. Yeah. We use a text software system called launch control. Um, is there another one we use? Yeah. Launch control is the one we're using right now. And um, wherever state you're at, I would kind of like consult with an attorney or somebody because texting yeah. and cold calling can get be a little gray area. And so I'm just giving you more business advice than legal. Yep. Um, I'm glad you said that I mean, because I was going to say it, that if you didn't. <laughs> okay. Good. I see it as a business perspective. Is it a little gray area? Is it frowned upon sometimes? Yes. But, you know, I see it as a cost of doing business. If we get 
a complaint that we have to settle for $2,000, but we make 800,000 in a year using it. I don't know. You decide as a business person, is it worth the risk? Yeah. The reality is that, you know, I, I own rental properties and, and I, I get those. I've had some for a while. Right. So I get those text messages. Oh, right. Yeah. And you know what? I don't mind. Listen, I, I get it. So I don't get mad about it. And, and I think if I was not in real estate, if I was made a doctor or something, I don't think I still would get mad about it. I would just say, you know, cause a lot of them say hit stop if you don't want it. Right. Yeah. So I just stop send, and we're good. The problem is sometimes I get it again from that same number. And that's when I start getting a little perturbed, right? So yeah. you, you got to like pay attention and hope the software works, right? Because obviously manually you can't, you can't, you know, pre, you can't watch all those numbers. Yeah. And you said it well, because there are some softwares a little bit more like meant for spam texting, but like a software like Launch Control, Lead Sherpa, um, the Smarter Contact, these are all um, text message services that are intended not so much for spam texting, but for a long-term texting strategy. So they only lend you, they only let you send like 600 messages a day, for example. Ah. And, and they give you templates. They don't allow you to, to use words that are like spammy words. You have to write the words stop on the bottom. Like, so these platforms do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Therefore you don't come off as spam. Like you actually do this marketing correctly. Got it. Okay. Well, that's good stuff. So, I mean, I think viewers would love to hear that list one more time. So launch control, what are the other two you mentioned? You mentioned uh, or... Sherpa. And the other one is the smartercontact.com. Smarter yeah, you might have to Google some of them. One of them is, I think is like .io and .co. Yeah. And those things. So just Google them and you, you should find the websites there. Perfect. Love it. Okay. And then I think last question I have for you is the, the realtor partners. I know you, uh, a lot of realtors are listening to this, this podcast across the country. And so I know you can somehow partner with them. So, or talk about it if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So two ways that, oh, I guess I'm high. so two ways that we partner with realtors are um, if realtors, if there's realtors that are, have buyers that really um, have investment clients, um, we reach out, we typically reach out to realtors. If we get a deal, let's say, we actually did sell a deal in Tucson, Arizona recently. Let's say we get a deal in Tucson, Arizona and we don't have any buyers. What we'll do is that um, Nathan from our team will reach out and see what agents sold in cash transactions in that neighborhood. And he'll call them and say, hey, do you have another cash buyer for our deal? So if you're an agent that works with cash buyers in the major metros, um, we could potentially work together because we do transactions like that all the time. And the agent can get up to a 6% commission on the deal. The minimum mm -hmm. will be 3% and you can get up to 6% or even more if your buyer is like a special buyer, you know? So that's one way that we can work together with agents. Another way is um, we are buying to fix and flip or buying rent properties. And we work with agents to list the properties for us if we're not in that market. So, um, uh, you know, so we're doing like a deal in Savannah, Georgia, for example, that we're going to fix and flip and we partnered with an agent to do the listing and help us with the renovations. And they're making a very healthy commission in exchange. That's a good deal. That's a win-win, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Win-win situations. I love that. Okay. Well, cool. Um, wow. This has been awesome, man. A lot of good, uh, you got into some stuff here. A lot of good, actually, you know, I call meat and potatoes. I'm from Nebraska originally. Right. You know, so like meat and potatoes, man. Like <laughs> we love that. All the so, protein. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth, do you have any more questions or do you want to take us away here? What do you want to do? No, I, I thought it was wonderful. Uh, very informative. Um, I really like that 
you know, the hybrid model. I think that we've talked about that before, Kelly, about like really being the the trusted advisor, right? And kind of the go-to person for any real estate need for your clients, right? And kind of being able to uh, offer them the solution of, you know, of course, listing it and maybe getting more money, getting multiple offers, whatever, um, or being that solution to actually offer them a quicker way out, a less hassle way out. And, uh, you know, again, as Kelly mentioned, he likes win-win situations. Um, being able to offer your clients a win-win situation, no matter what that situation looks like, exactly. right? Whatever situation they're in. Um, yeah. So wonderful. Well, Raul, I know earlier you mentioned um, that you have a YouTube channel uh, that people can, wh what are you doing on that YouTube channel? Kind of answering questions uh, similar to this where people can learn more? Yeah, kind of. So we kind of go behind the scenes of our wholesale business a little bit more, like how we get leads, how we find buyers, how we find sellers doing deal studies, actual transactions, and um, some other cool stuff. So if, if it interests you to kind of check that out and see what it's like to, you know, find these off-market deals and what that kind of business looks like, um, it would come out with three videos every single week on the YouTube channel, and you could uh, search it, uh, my name, Raul Bolufe, and it'll show up. Perfect. Awesome. Great. And then um, if anybody wanted to reach out to you uh, in any other way, maybe become an agent referral partner with you or anything like that, where can they reach you? Uh, you can email me directly, info at raulbalufa.com. I'm on my email all the time. So that or Instagram, raulbalufa, my name as well. And you can reach out to me one of those ways. I'll get back pretty soon. So if no one knows how to spell your last name, they're going to have a problem, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, you spell uh, for us. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, last name is spelled as B as in boy, O-U-F, like Frank E, B-O-L-U-F-E, Bolufe. Perfect. That was my guess. Lovely. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I usually have a, a good transition for this, but I'm out of creativity today. But if you are trying to build a real estate team, please go to buildyourrealestateteam.com. And Kelly has laid out all the steps for you to do that. Other than that, we will see you next week, guys. My dog is barking, so I'm going to sign off. <laughs> it was great having you, Raul. See you guys. See you, Raul. All right, man. Take care. Take care. Welcome to the podcast, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, where we will discuss the latest and most relevant business strategies to help you do one thing extremely well, sell more homes. We'll discuss everything from business planning to lead generation and conversion to past client customer service and everything in between. Join us for authentic conversations and nuts and bolts takeaways you can implement into your business today. And now, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook.